Welcome, welcome again to another rendition of WTF Interviews. My name is Sir Royce Brialis with my prestigious co-host, Dr. Raheem Young. How's it going, brother? I'm good, man. How you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm also pleased to uh, announce our special guest, Steve Parisi. Did I say your last name right? I'm going to butcher. No, no, 100% <laughs> accurate. Thanks so much. No, no, right, right on right on point. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can you tell the people what you do, uh, your, your background? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Royce Raheem, thanks so much for, for having me on today. Much appreciated. Um, so I, I own uh, IBC Global. We are a company that really specializes. We've got a core focus on whole life insurance and teaching individuals how to maximize the cash value and flexibility of their products. Know that that is a mouthful. <clears throat> mouthful. The simple version would be when we hear of whole life insurance, uh, typically, either something that people hear really, really bad things about, if our financial advisor says stay away from it, Dave Ramsey says stay away from it, a lot of negativity around it, or we hear great things about it as far as banks, corporations, the ultra wealthy putting boatloads of money there. It's like one side of the fence or the other. And the thing is, like my background before I started learning how to run a business was helping it was a designer really designing policies for corporations for banks seeing how the one percent actually construct those products and anyone can do it like you can do it for an individual you do minimize the compensation for the agent as much as possible so that is a reason we don't see it advertised that much but basically as we went into business i'm like you know what let's just do what the big guys do offer it for everyone and that's what we do, teach them how to set these policies up for maximum cash value, flexibility, and they can, can do the same thing as the ultra wealthy. So I, I hope that that was clear, um, but that's what we do in a very, very condensed nutshell. <laughs> so how did you get into this field? Like what, <laughs> yeah. What, yeah, what interested you in this? Yeah, so I got into insurance, uh, I think it was 2011, a friend recommended I get my insurance license. It was a little bit after uh, I graduated from college. So I said, all right, I'll give it, I'll give it a shot. Uh, worked for a company where I sold Medicare supplement insurance, final expense insurance, horrible salesman, failed out probably about nine months. Uh, just, it didn't work out. Um, but after that, I interviewed at a handful of companies, uh, some of the larger mutual companies um, where I accepted one position, and to, to kind of condense the story, gravitated toward the illustration software, designing policies for individuals, uh, modeling plans for the owner of that firm that I worked at, then transitioned to another firm where I did the same thing, modeling plans, designing policies for corporations, had access to some executives at home offices of large insurance companies. And that's really where the learning curve, you know, where I, I learned a lot. So. I got my insurance license in 2011, got into this niche as far as high cash value insurance around 2013, learned for a long time, and then incorporated IBC Global fully independent that started out um, as uh, my dad's commercial garage he owned, a part of it, in 2015, uh, March. <laughs> and then the rest is history. <laughs> cool. So tell me more about your father. So you uh, say you owned a commercial garage. What else? Uh, what, what else did you do professionally? 
Yeah, yeah. So my dad, he, he owned commercial real estate and there was a, a garage that had a, a little side compartment um, or, you know, side office, two desks with a, a half a wall, which I had a part-time assistant. She worked on one side, I worked on the other and he, he didn't charge him any rent because he's my dad. He wasn't renting it out. Like, yeah, whatever, use it. Um, <laughs> so that's the story behind the garage. And, and I can expand on it later, like how we renovated it. But um, now my dad, he, he, when I was young, he was a, um, worked at an auto body shop when I was a, you know, too young to ask him what he did, you know, like five or six years old, but that's what he did, but then got into real estate. So he was successful in real estate sales, eventually owned the real estate company he worked at, um, and timing worked out really well. As I look back and just, uh, I like history and finance, he had built that real estate company up, had I don't know how many employees he had, but a lot, and sold it in 2006, a little before 2008. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about time. <laughs> I know, right? Not knowing what's going to happen. It's like, hey, that worked out well. <laughs> <laughs> so sold it in 2006. And since then, um, he's been heavy into construction projects. So he owns a construction property. Um, him and my youngest brother are in business together. They've got a... Um, a development company really so they're building and selling new new homes is what they're doing with some real estate he owned got everything approved and they've been developing it and selling homes for the past couple of years now mm -hmm. that's cool yeah so what um i guess what's the best advice that your dad ever gave you as far as like professionally and personally yeah the best advice? that that is a good question. So, I mean, I can probably kind of mesh it together um, just because what motivated me the, the most, my dad and I haven't always gotten along. We get along well now, um, but, but we haven't mm -hmm. always. It was something he said to a friend of mine, actually, um, when I was trying to make it in the industry and I was suffering. Like the first year I was in business, I made like 5,500 bucks. The next year, I made $8,000. They're struggling to, to get by. I still lived at home. That's how I, I could eat. <laughs> but he had said something to someone else saying, ah, you know, he needs to go get a job, you know, where he can just get a steady paycheck. This ain't, it's not for him. Um, and I heard that from my friend. I'm like, oh, forget it. I don't care if it kills me. I want to keep doing it until I make it. <laughs> but at the same time, when I look back, I mean, if I'm going to be transparent about that story, there was a time I was driving one evening in my car. I had my cell phone. I was going to call a friend of mine who had another company asking him for work because I was struggling, was dating at the time, trying to get married, had to like postpone that, which I didn't like. My wife, who I love, was very, very patient with me, thankfully. Um, <laughs> But, you know, overall, I mean, like personally and professionally, I know that was, you know, unintentional negative motivation, but I mean, that's kind of, he's always been, you know, confrontational, you know, he, he likes to fight, not in a bad way, but that's him. Um, it, it definitely, as I reflect to be brutally honest, if he didn't say that, I mean, I don't know if we'd still be, we'd be in the position we are today where we've grown the company, um, got about 40 employees and we're, we're humming at this point, but I mean, I may have, I don't know if I would have quit. I mean, I'm stubborn, but that definitely reinforced my stubbornness. <laughs> yeah. You think you get that from your dad? This the stubbornness? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, he's got, got a lot of stubbornness. My mom does in a fantastic way too. Um, so it's probably a combination of both. And I try not to be stubborn at times because that can be bad, but, um, 
Yeah, I, I get it from my dad, if I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like, how has your father impacted you in the way um, that you live mm -hmm. your life? Yeah, really good question. Um, you know, from a, a business standpoint, you know, where we actually started to call it bond again and develop a relationship was more on the business standpoint because we, we hadn't always got along. Um, but as I was starting to learn the business, talk to him about it, that was a gap there or a bridge that could close the gap because we both had that, that in common business. Um, so just talking to him about business, him giving advice, especially in the early years, um, he's always been good at sales. My background was not sales. Uh, it was more the technical aspect. So just giving you know, advice on communication, working with people, hiring people, you know, how to, you know, what to pay them initially, what benefits to give, that, that was extremely helpful. Uh, and I know that's, that's focused on business, but it did bridge the gap that helped just you know, reinforce or rebuild a relationship that wasn't always that great. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So, um, we mentioned uh, offline that you don't have any children yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not sure if that's in the in the, in the works or uh, coming <laughs> soon. But uh, when you think about um, morals or things that your dad in, in, instilled in you, what would you want to pass down to your your future children once you start having them? Yeah, definitely. And you know, on morals and ethics, I mean, that's something that's extremely important to me. Um, and that's definitely being raised by, by my parents, um, mom and dad, yeah. that they instilled that into me. Um, so I'll read the Bible on a daily basis and those values, which come from naturally good parenting. I think in a lot of families, that's a, a principle that's intact as far as moral, uh, moral values that often come from the Bible, as far as how to live your life instilling that in children or if I try and help someone if it's an employee who's struggling with something or a friend often any advice I give I'm going to look really to the book to say okay how did this help me in the same situation and then how can it help the other person as well um, I mean you've got the golden rule if you apply that you'll be you'll be fine in every area of life do to others as you want done to you be quick yeah. to settle matters so there's a lot of values there and, and both my parents did that. My dad too. I mean, we're all human. So of course we're going to mess up naturally. And there were times that that happened. Um, and I do it all the time. So I'm not like blaming him for anything at all, but having those values and reinforcing them, um, especially when it's not the thing you want to do, like your natural incl inclination ha definitely was helpful. If that made sense. Yeah. Okay. So as far as like your business, what is, um, I know you talked about initially, it was a struggle getting it off the ground, but like what other challenges have you experienced? Yeah, you know, as we've grown as a company, so we're at about 40 employees now. And in the beginning, like I just like to design policies, talk about them with individuals, you know, over a Zoom call, design them, hey, here's how you design a policy for maximum cash value. But as we've grown and hired other people to fulfill different roles, whether it's marketing, sales, case design, applications, HR, um, managing people, 
it, it, that's been a struggle, not, not hiring people, but the different personalities, making sure yeah. everyone works well together. And you've got to, you know, address the situation sometimes. Um, that is something that naturally I'm not good at. But what you look at is how was this addressed before? And the first thing I think that you're going to reflect on is, well, how did my parents deal with me when I acted in a way I shouldn't have acted? <laughs> right? So what, what did dad do? What did mom do? And that's typically the first thing we think, okay, how can we address this, this situation? Um, but to answer your question, I'm long-winded here. It's typically helping others or working with people, different personalities, just conflicting issues that occur as you grow. Um, that, that's been the biggest challenge, which we, we work on it. We're big on communication, but that's, that's a challenge, I think, with every company. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even, um, I mean, we're very small, but like, welcome to fatherhood. Yeah. Referring to, uh, mm -hmm. Having communication and like trying to, balance out uh, personalities and stuff like that. So yeah, I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Putting processes in place. Yeah. yeah. Correct, correct. No, it's great because you've got the mission, right? To continue to focus on that mission. But when those problems pop up, you know, you, you say, okay, I got to stop what I'm doing for a little bit and try and address this. This way the car can continue to drive. There's no parts that are misaligned or broken. broken. The machine's got to work so I can keep driving it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So uh, you're a married man, you said, right? Yes. Uh, how long? How long Good. have you been married? Yep. So it's a little over five and a half years. It'll be six years uh, this September. Nice. Yeah. What, what advice would you give to uh, not just a dad, but a man in general, come <laughs> on into marriage and uh, you know making that work? Yeah, I'd go back to the golden rule: always do to others as you want done to you. Um, <laughs> more so with your wife than anyone else. Um, but just, uh, you know, always being considerate. You know, what I'll say with my wife, Tara, she's always been very, very supportive, especially when we were dating. We dated longer than we wanted to because I was trying to get the business going and didn't have any money to get married or, or anything. So <laughs> she was patient, you know, waited the, the whole process. And even when we first started or, or first got married, I mean, the business was still early on, kind of in startup phase. And I still feel like that every day, but there are a lot of times where I'm working, you know, one, 2 a.m. I would do it at home. You know, this way I could do it at the table or in the couch where I'm still around her. Um, but she never, she never gave me a hard time, you know, never any, call it nagging or anything like that. Like all you do is work. Um, she was supportive. And, and why I mentioned that, because I do want to answer your question as far as what advice I would give is always try and remember the consideration your wife showed you and don't take it for granted. I mean, like she did all of that in the beginning and she, that's her personality. She's always like that. So anytime anything comes up and like, Oh, I don't feel like doing this or I don't want to go, you know, hang out with this couple or these friends today, I'm wiped out. It's like, you know what, if she wants to do it, I'm not even gonna, I'm going to try not to even like grumble or, or have an expression that might appear that because she's going to look for that. And that way always make, makes her feel comfortable like I would if we were dating. Um, granted, we're imperfect. Sometimes, a, a lot of times I make knucklehead moves, but um, the, advice, <laughs> the advice would be considerate, you know, always show her consideration. Um, and, and a good way to do that is remember the times that she was very, very considerate toward you 
um, with whatever it might be, business, personal, you know, trials, you know, we all have things we deal with. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to ask you about that. So why do you think um, your wife was, was patient with you? Because a lot of times women, like, especially early on in a relationship, they value your time. Yeah, like, I got to go to the movies, go out to dinner, yeah. let's d- do different things. So why do you think your wife, like she gave you your time to develop your business and really didn't pressure you about money and spending time like that? Yeah, I, I mean, we're we were both aligned when we started dating, just as far as moral values, you know, from a spiritual standpoint, um, mm-hmm. you know, just studying the Bible regularly. So we had that and, and we've got goals today that are, that are still aligned. Um, as far as why she didn't pressure me, she had expressed, I mean, she wanted to get married. She was a little upset, but she expressed in a very, very kind way. <laughs> um, when we couldn't get married, you know, we said, hey, after, you know, dating for a couple of years, we can look at it. Um, after two years, we were going to consider it, but then it ended up being three and a half years because it just took more time. So she was upset, but I think it was just more understanding um, she didn't pressure me, hey, just give up, go get a job somewhere else, because she knew I would have been upset then. Like that, yeah. I had a goal, like I wanted to build it and get it going. I also had a goal that when we got married, I did not want her to have to work. Um, you know, she, for work, I mean, she's engaged in a full-time ministry. That's what she does every day and takes care of me. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So just when we got married, like I wanted her to have the ability to do that. And then that this way she can focus, you know, on herself, we can continue to work together. Um, I know that's not a clear answer to your question. I, I'd have to really ask her, Hey, like, why were you so patient? I like to say it's because she loved me. Could be that simple, man. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would say I would absolutely do the same thing for her. Like if it takes longer, I kind of view it like, hey, that's all right. You know, we can put her head down and move as fast as possible. But sometimes things come up that are outside of your control and we'll continue to do our best. Um, and I do I do know she'll, she'll do the same thing toward me. Hmm. Is that how you know, like she was the one? Uh yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely was a stamp there, you know, as you kind of look at many things, but that that was it because one of the things that that's rare. And I know a lot of I've got a lot of friends and my, my sister-in-law is great um, that have a lot of good qualities. So I don't want to say Tara, my wife is the only one, but just from um, from seeing some of my friends and other individuals, that is a rare quality to see someone not just say they have the patience, but actually demonstrate the patience. And she still does that today where there's times like, Hey, this came up like last night I was in the office late, just trying to get things done. Like it happens, but she never gives a hard time. And then I try and give time back to say, Hey, you know, it's a weekend, you know, I, I have plans to do this, but let's just take the afternoon. We'll get some lunch, you know, just kind of chill out. Um, Cause I want to make sure you, you give time and she does the same. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so, Steve, let me ask you this. Um, you know how they say um, you, know, you either end up with someone that's like your mother or completely opposite from your mother. Which one would you say fits your wife? Is, is she more like your mom or is she 
The total opposite. You guys are asking the tough questions, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, she she's not she's not like my mom. I mean, granted, there's there's a couple like personality traits or, or just things they do that are similar, but I think you could find that with anyone. Um, but no, she's she's not she's not like my mom. I mean, there's a lot of differences there. Um, aside from the few similarities that, again, I think everyone yeah. has. Yeah. <laughs> Good question. <laughs> we come with the heavy hitters, man. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> well, since uh, uh, since Sunday is Mother's Day, do you have plans for you for your mom? Um, no, no, no plans. Um, so my, my family and I, so we don't observe holidays, um, but we do make it a point to, to make sure we always spend time together. Um, uh, growing up, my mom and dad had, had what was called present day. So, you know, it was their wedding anniversary when they would always have presents and such. And then we always try and, you know, well now more so give back when your kids, you know, you're selfish and you don't even know it. Um, but no, to answer your question, no plans for this Sunday, but I mean, you know, I'll, I'll do something to, to help out however I can, whenever I can. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you all have times where you, um, like just get together, like for dinner? Uh, um, um, we used to a lot more, not, not as much, um, lately. And part, part of that is due just to COVID and such and trying to play it oh, safe. Yeah. 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 With everything going on. Um, not as much as I, I would like to, um, we used to quite a bit, but not as much anymore. Um, hopefully when everything kind of normalizes that, that comes back to a degree, I do see both my parents a lot. I mean, my dad's office is right across from mine. And then my mom, I often see her, she works out of a different office we have, but I can see it right out the window here. Um, and she's there every day. So, I mean, I, I do see her a lot since she's a hundred feet away. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is good. And I, I know you said that you have um, you have a brother. Do you have other siblings? I do. So I am one of four siblings, all boys for my mom. Um, okay. Yeah. So I'm the oldest. And then the one I mentioned that works with my dad is the youngest. And then there's two in between us. Okay. Yeah. What was that like growing up with four, well, three other brothers? Yeah, so a lot of wrestling, um, <laughs> which was fun. Um, if you've ever seen the the TV show Malcolm in the Middle, have you ever seen that? Yeah. Oh, that's my, one of my favorites. Oh, I, I love it. We'd always joke like, "That's us," you know, going. <laughs> and then we look at it and say, "Oh, our poor mom," because she she doesn't yell anymore. Um, but when we were kids, it was our fault. Like her yelling was not because she was mean. It's because we were we were too much. Those kids just running around doing things we shouldn't be doing. Um, you know, my brother flying off a trampoline, hitting his head on a rock, that kind of stuff. Going on. <laughs> yeah, and, and she she was definitely challenged. Um, but I mean, overall, it was it was great. As I look back, it was it was fun. I mean, you now boys will be boys. <laughs> yeah. You know? So you will be Francis in this scenario. In that scenario, I would be Francis. I, I didn't do the things that he did, but I mean, yeah, I would be Francis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what what type of things did you guys do? Uh, you know, you mentioned working with your dad. So, what what, what stuff did you guys do uh, recreationally outside of uh, like work? Yeah, as a family, like with yeah, as a family, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, my dad, especially when he got his his business going, um, we were fortunate. I mean, he took us on vacation every year um, mm -hmm. and he would also take 
his family. So, you know, our cousins, you know, so his brother, um, sometimes it was, you know, two or three brothers and their family. So it was fun kind of going with our entire, our entire family, which was six, and then two or three other families. So we had a swarm of people, like 20 or 25 people going on vacation, whether it was Cancun. A lot of times there's a resort in Cancun he liked a lot. Um, so we'd go there and the adults would do their thing. We would be in the pool, you know, playing water polo all day, wrestling with each other, trying to pick fights with people we had thought they were better than us, being knucklehead teenagers, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was a lot of fun. I mean, he, he tried to do that every year, which, which was fun looking back at that. Um, that's one thing I remember a lot. And it was fun because it was us and other families as well. So, I mean, it kind of got everyone together. So it's kind of like a family reunion kind of sort of, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Going wherever it might be. So, hey, we're going to go here. You know, make sure you, you guys book out the time and everything. We'll have some fun. I'm like, all right. I, I just went along as a kid. But, I mean, everybody else is like, all right, we'll come. <laughs> no, that's great, man. That's something uh, that uh, we can probably look into doing ourselves because uh, yeah. we should travel more as a family, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, when COVID dies now, you know, of course. But, uh, you know, I think it would be good, a, a good way to connect. Yeah, big time. Like that's when you look back, like of all the things we did, there's memories at, at home when we did things that, you know, you look back and you laugh about. But when you're on vacation, too, because typically everybody, everybody likes going on vacation. You remember yeah. the things, you don't see it. But then if you're going as a family, you're hanging out, you're completely away from work. So you can actually focus on each other. It's, it's valuable. So what's the best vacation you all have went on together? I was about to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the best one, probably Cancun. Um, mm. Just, uh, yeah, I remember two, two of my, my cousins, both from different families, so their entire family was there. Um, you know, and we would just go out to dinner every night, yeah, go in the ocean all day long. You know, we, we had fun. Um, Parents loved it. They're laughing, having fun. We're just being kids. Probably Cancun. Mm -hmm. Nice. So um, how would you say um, your professional experiences up to this point has helped you with your other relationships, like with your wife or with your family and, you know, stuff like that? Yeah. um, Big time, like huge contributor. You know, professional... to communicate the information accurately, but it's equally or more important to communicate it effectively where the person gets it, it resonates with them, it it makes sense delivering it properly. So that's something uh, I do personally all the time. As a company, we drill it, we role play it to say, all right, when we are engaged with individuals, communicate in an effective manner speak clearly, slow down, control your pace, make sure your gestures are proper. Like all of those little things are so, so important. And it, it comes from business. It started actually in my congregation where, you know, the first time I was assigned a public talk, like, all right, I'm going to practice this and deliver it in a way that I, I've seen it delivered before and it got my attention, translated that to business and do the same thing. And then we'll do that as a company. But 
those little things, just speaking clearly how you carry yourself, like wearing a tie every day. I used to not do that, but I'm like, you know what? We're professional here. We're helping with people's money. I want the brand to speak to that. So I'm going to wear a tie every day. Like little things like that has definitely helped me tremendously in all areas of life. Um, especially when I look at how I used to carry myself compared to now, I still hate looking at myself. I got a long way to go, but just the improvement to say, okay, keep working on those areas. Um, and I had a lot of issues to overcome that uh, I've overcome some of them and keep working on it, but it's just a story where you can say, Hey, if I can do it with those deficiencies, that means anyone out there can do it. So don't ever look at something and say, oh, I can't do that. Like that's, that's just, you know, out of my league or it's not possible. It's like, no, you can't do it. It's just the practice and repetition. That's good. Yeah. So we're getting close to time. Uh, Dr. Raheem, did you have a, another question or two? You muted, man. You muted. Oh, sorry about that. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I have one last question, and this is um, this is like an icebreaker question that we use. Uh, I know we've been talking for maybe like twenty five minutes, but um, I, I thought it'd be interesting to throw out and see see what you thought. So, um, if you had a time machine that could go fifty, that could only go fifty years in the past or fifty years in the future. What, which one would you choose? Um, 50 years in the past or the future? I go in the past. Okay. Well, yeah. Why? Yeah. So, and I'm assuming when I go back, I, I take all my knowledge with me that I have today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the saying, if only I would have known what I know today, 50 years ago or back then, like that way I could take everything I know today, start fresh again, and I would do it so much differently. Just you know, with decision-making, um, for example, like with business, like when we started growing was, on, was when I stopped being a tightwad and investing into people, <laughs> hiring people quickly, <laughs> throwing money into marketing, everything I had, I'm like, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to save the money. We're comfortable. Let's invest it into the business and hyper grow. Took me way too long to do that because it's scary to hire people. You're spending money. You don't know if it's going to work. Going back, I would have done that from day one. <laughs> like just invest everything and know what what to work on personal development um but definitely go go in the past so i can start fresh again that's good yeah. i'm glad we talked man because we are we're currently going through that right now <laughs> gotcha <laughs> <laughs> the very early stages of uh the organization so man that's, that's, that's good advice man that's gotcha good yeah. 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 It's, it's hard. Like it's scary to make those, those moves and such, but it's, it's kind of like how you would advise yourself to say, okay, someone that's been through the war already, like someone that does the, the same thing you guys do, but they're 10 years into it. Like what would you have done differently from the get go to grow it faster or to get so far ahead of your competition where you're the yeah. Amazon of your industry. Right. And yeah, they say, well, I would do these things. And then we hear it like, oh, I can't spend that. It's like, all right, well, how do I, how do I get myself to do what they did or what they recommend? Yeah. Just getting yeah. outside your comfort zone. <laughs> that, that's it. <laughs> that's yeah. it right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, yeah. Steve. So uh, tell the people, man, they have to reach out to you, to your business, or even to you personally, how would they do so? 
Yeah. Um, so I don't know if our contact info is uh, connected with this as well. Uh, just with yeah. the, the podcast. Yeah. Feel free email. Uh, we've got our 800 number, but email is a great, great means yeah. to connect info at ibcglobalinc.com. Um, we see any email coming in and then we try and get back to people immediately. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, man. Well, this is great, man. We uh, definitely got to get a, uh, t- uh, you know, either a part two or like a master class where you can kind of break down these, uh, these figures, these numbers, man. Yeah, I think it's really important for people to understand it. We did one with Denzel uh, Rodriguez. Yeah, uh, that was actually our first master class. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we'll definitely be interested in, in working with you going forward, man. Thank you for your time and yeah. uh, for your camera. Also. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate it. Yep. All right. All right. Well, yeah. Thanks again for uh, myself, Sir Royce Brialis, and for Dr. Raheem Young, and also for our special guest, Steve Parisi. Said it right twice. Yeah, Uh, yeah, uh, thanks for listening and stay tuned for further announcements. Yes, yes, Sir Royce here. And I want to thank you again for listening to WTF Interviews. Leave a review as it helps more people like yourself receive the message. Also, consider donating to Welcome to Fatherhood. It's a nonprofit that myself and Dr. Raheem Young created to help dads showcase their superpowers to the masses. You can do that by going to WTFatherhood.org. Again, gratitude and be well. You already are.